0: sport stories of the day
1: on SAFM. Okay, let's talk comrades now as we promised, as we always do on a Tuesday. We talk about careers in sport as we try and expose the young ones. And anyone else interested in making a living out of sport uh, just to the various careers. And as promised, tonight we're talking to the race director of the Comrades Marathon, Mr. Robin James, to find out more about his job. Mr. James, good evening, sir, and thank you for speaking to us on SAFM.
2: Uh, good evening, Tadisa. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show and uh, good evening to all the
1: listeners. We had Nick Bester on the show last night and he was as nervous as a novice. How are you feeling ahead of Sunday's big race? Do you also get nervous?
2: Uh, no, I'll be honest. Tadisa, I've been in this game for a long time. So uh, um, I, I, I think I've learned how to uh, manage that and master that. And In fact, I actually said to Nick just a couple of days ago, he was more stressed out than I was. So I said, he, I don't think it's a good idea that he organized his comment. He wouldn't last... One
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I saw him in studio. He was just he was a nervous wreck. It was like he was running. Nick, it's like is running on Sunday. But Mr. James, tell us exactly what is your job and as the comrades race director. What are you responsible for? What do you do? Um
2: quite widely It's, it's uh, quite a wide ranging um Set of principles and, and objectives for the job, but if I really had to summarize it, um, I can really break it up into two components. The first component is the, what we call the commercial component. That's, uh, the, the, uh, sponsorship component. So that's the seeking of, uh, sponsors, the finding of sponsors, and then the servicing of sponsors and their uh, rights and then secondly and what uh, I think maybe more uh, just as important as well that obviously consumes a vast amount, amount of my time is the operational and logistical component of actually presenting the um, the event and the race itself. So, so broadly speaking, you can really put it into into those two categories.
1: Mm. And, and how did you get started?
2: Um, long, long story short, uh, I've pretty much been fortunate to be in the sports industry all my life. Mm. Um, previously was the um sports marketing manager for Nike South Africa for ten years. Mm. Um where I was uh, pretty much involved with um uh events teams and athletes and uh teams there being Kaiser Chiefs, Mamelody Sundowns and um and S. A rugby in the Springboks when Nike sponsored them back then. Uh then on the on the running side was the Liberty Nike Athletics Club and then in the event side was, at that stage Nike was a sponsor to Two Oceans Marathon and Comrades Marathon. So uh, after 10 years of Nike in the sports sponsorship game then I moved on to race director of Two Oceans Marathon for six years and then from there moved on to Comrades where I am now as a race director then heading into my fifth year.
1: Mm. And, and and for someone to be able to do what you do or to be in this field, what is it that one needs to study? You spoke about marketing, Is is that the line of studying?
2: I think, I think definitely, you know, the, 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 marketing component will, will definitely cover the, um, sponsorship and the commercial side of, uh, element of it, uh, and, uh, particularly sports marketing would most probably be the most beneficial, uh, avenue of study to, to really get into, into this side. And then, um, anything, just, I would think also from, even from a business administration point of view as well, just to, just to really try and hammer home the, I refer to as attention to detail in terms of the operational and logistical components of the um, event organizing side.
1: Um, and um, you've run the Comrades 15 times consecutively. You have a green number. How did it feel when you were called by the Comrades organizers uh, to come on board?
2: Uh, the- Very honoured that they that uh, actually approached me and 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 said to me, would you be interested in coming on as as race director? Yeah, it's it's been a passion of my life um, all along, road road running and particularly in general uh, in athletics, uh, so to speak. And um, uh, you know, I was 18 years old when I ran my first Comrades Marathon, and um, yeah, it's been part of my my blood and lifestyle lifestyle ever since. And uh, so yeah, it was it was a great honour when they. when they approached me and said, Would I be interested in uh, applying for the position? Um, obviously, based on my previous experience, also gained from the race director situation.
1: Yeah. Have you stopped running now? Do you still run?
2: Um, let, let's let's just say uh, I, I sort of use the analogy these days that I used to run Comrades, now Comrades runs me. <laughs> um, <laughs> not quite. No, yes, I, I, I took over and do about 40Ks a week. Yeah. Just to check that off. Uh, I've retired gracefully from all the long stuff,
1: <laughs> with a grin number that you were given by the great Wally Hayward, right?
2: Very much so, yeah. And that was uh, that was a special, a special moment for me, and you know uh, when, when he awarded it as well, because um, he was an iconic uh, figurehead of Comrades himself, having won the race five times, been the first guy to run under six hours. But more importantly, in those days, I was running for a club uh, called the Alpha Centurion Runners. And they actually present uh, what's known as the Wally Hayward Marathon. And they've done that for over 40 years. So mm. and I was a member of, obviously, of that club for just over 15 years. So it was it was a point in the moment for me to be able to, to, to get my green number from the namesake of, of the race that we organized as a club.
1: Mm. Is, is that the same club where you started off doing, doing work as, as a race director back in Pretoria?
2: Um, yeah, um, from, from Alpha Centurion, uh, which is basically in the Centurion, just type Pretoria, I actually moved on to, um, uh, the club named mm-hmm. the Fobians, which is Pretoria High School, the club, and, um, uh, I ran for them for about 10, 12 years, and during that time I was, uh, also served on the, the race organizing committee, which was responsible for organizing the Pretoria Marathon, which is, mm-hmm. uh, it's still the biggest race in what's known as Scouting World today, and gets in the region of about 11 to 12,000 runners. Over oh. the three distances of 10, 21,
1: and 42. And I understand at the time you were not getting paid?
2: Correct. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in, 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 the, in the club environment, that was all voluntary mm. um, as well. So, But it, it certainly put me in good stead for the job that I'm in now um, as well to, to really sort of cut my teeth on the, and, and it, so to speak, as, as well to gain that experience that acquired where this would eventually become my um, full-time job and, and livelihood.
1: Well, for those who've just joined us, we are talking to the race director of the Comrades Marathon, Mr. Rowan James, just to find out about his job and what it entails. And if you want to ask any questions, please feel free zero eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Mr. James, when does planning start for the Comrades Marathon?
2: Um, I think if uh, anybody uh, really wants to to tackle the race, what I would uh, what I would suggest or recommend is it's in around about August September of the preceding year. Is to already be running, or we'll have a base of about 40 kilometers a week, um, you know, spread over the seven days, ready just to, to get into it and keep ticking over. That's obviously for new people or first timers, what we call novices mm-hmm. who want to run the race. And then effectively the program, if I can call it that proper, starts invariably on the 1st of January. So it's, it's really a, a sort of a, a full five months, 1st of January to 31st of May. Uh, and then to have a comfortable comrade as well, everybody's got their own, and that. But uh, if you mm. do anywhere between 1,200 to 1,500 kilometers during those five months, you, you, it's more than adequate to have a comfortable race.
1: Mm. And for you as a race director and your team, when do you start working?
2: Then um, from that, uh, how, how we basically work we work in sort of 15-month cycles. Mm. So. Um, uh, I'm already actually still working, as, as we've got three, that, well, just over four days now to race day, mm. I'm already doing some stuff and planning, and that's for next year's uprun, which will take oh. place on the 9th of June. So so effectively a 15-month cycle is, is how, how long it takes to, to present the race. Yeah. Mm,
1: I read somewhere while preparing for this interview that you said, if you have a perfect event, you have a problem. Is that correct?
2: Yep, absolutely, indeed, and that's that's the mantra that I live by in the job, and that's certainly something that I carry over to my team as well. And and the reason that I uh, I live by that mantra as well, that number one, there's always areas that we can strive to improve on. Uh, number two, if we do have that as well, then what you tend to do, what can tend to happen, is that you become complacent, and then that's when uh, minor things can fall through the cracks and then become major issues. So uh, that's what keeps me and the team on our toes. And um, yeah, there's always areas that we can improve on.
1: Mm. And and what are some of your career highlights as a, as a race director, Mr. Rowan James? It doesn't necessarily have to be comrades; it can be w- w- whichever.
2: I think um, just for me, for me personally, um, career highlights has been um, at Two Oceans was to be able to grow the um, the numbers of the, the half marathon to the situation at stage where it was selling out within within two weeks and then has now subsequently been sold out in two days, where they get mm. sixteen thousand entries. And then I think more importantly on the ultra marathon side on Two Oceans was going through a bit of a slump and uh, during my tenure there I managed to to get the numbers back up over 10,000 to 11,000 and consistently it stays up at that number now and that's what they cap it at. Mm. And then also uh, when I moved to Cape Town I I certainly realised that the um, trail running was was massive in uh, Cape Town with all the various forests and mountains to run in there so... Mm. uh, in my second year, I introduced two trail runs, one over 12Ks, one over about 22, 24Ks as well. So that was highlights there. And I think the main thing on the highlights on the Comrade side has been able to to grow the numbers to where we are consistently sitting over 21, 22,000 and more importantly to get the race sales out in three weeks. Mm.
1: And and on the uh, on the other side, what are some of the lowlights or disappointments?
2: Oh, there, <laughs> there always will be and, and it's... it's, it's uh, it's a sad reality and sometimes it happens and it's, it's never pleasant that um, if you do have the deaths in the race or as a result of the race um, it's, it's, it's never a, a poignant moment or something that uh, you want to happen it does happen, I've had it at uh, while I was at Two Oceans and uh, I have had it at uh, Comrades as well, Comrade's while it hasn't actually happened on race day um, within three or four days if there are people who did get into the stress since passed on, so yeah that will always be a a low light of uh, of the race as well, and then certainly cheating is is, is something that um, is, it, it doesn't go down well, and it doesn't matter in what matter or form mm. uh, people cheat as well. It's 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 uh, you know it's de- it's degrading to the actual brand and the iconic ethos of of the brand of Comrades, and not only that, it's degrading to all your fellow athletes who who take on this incredible challenge with Julian in an honest ma- and manner. So. Sadly, they've always been a minority that do uh, try and cheat the the way around. So yeah, that's a low light for me as well.
1: Mm, but but you've said that you don't celebrate if if there's a clean race. You don't see anything to be celebrated.
2: Sorry to say that again. I'm
1: saying you you you've said that you don't celebrate if there's a clean race and nobody's been caught cheating. You you don't see the need to celebrate because nobody should be cheating anyway.
2: No, not at all. And I mean, obviously, we try and put as many um, uh, check mechanisms in in place. Uh, to prevent that sort of thing but uh, sadly if there are people who are doping um, as well uh, it's very difficult for us as event organizers to control that but all that we can do is try and work with um, you know our local federation provincial Federation quie athletics and then the Southern African Institute of Drug free sport mm-hmm. to try and expose uh, you know and, and, and really weed that out and, and we in terms of the facilities that we offer on the day, Particularly to Southampton Institute of Drug Free Sport is that um, we we certainly match all the needs that they require to be able them to carry out the, the various drug testing that they do. Um, what we also tend to do with comrades is that we we test down to the top uh, the top 13. Most races only tend to do the top 10, but we go a little mm. bit deeper than that as well. As a, so potentially if there's somebody in the top 10 who is doping, gets taken out, to ensure that, sure that uh, you know if 11, 12, or 13th positions shift up as well, that they also go through the same scrutiny.
1: Uh, if you've just joined us, we're talking to the race director of the Comrades Marathon, which is taking place on a Sunday at Peter Maris back to the Moses Mabida Stadium. We're talking to Mr. Rowan James. We're going to wrap up after this quick break.
0: Call Tabiso now
1: 0891 I've got a call here from KGM in Cape Town. KGM, a good evening. What's your comment or question?
0: Good evening to your guests and the listeners. A quick one. Um, your guests, added to the, the fact of, uh, the necessity of spreading uh, the interest across the country as far as comrades mm-hmm. running in general. However, there's a concern that it seems like certain sporting cones. And this is, let's let's stick to to comrades. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk comrades, you're talking Devon. Does Devon has some some um, I'd see lifetime rights of hosting comrades or can comrades be considered uh, in other places of, of the country Cape Town I mean uh, East London PE Joburg Pretoria all of those places okay. and 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 coupled with that mm-hmm. um sports, sports in South Africa is still very much racialized so mm-hmm. uh, don't, don't we we use sporting codes like comrades to, to bring, I'm glad to hear that your your guest has gone up the ranks. Uh, I would like to see in terms of skills transfer, people he's worked uh, with across the board, whether you're talking black, colored, Indian, who can also be at his successful level that are here and talking about.
1: Okay, KGM, we've got those. I'll, I'll let Mr. James answer that. Let's just take Leslie in KZN also. Uh, Leslie, good evening. What's your comment or question? Good
0: you're evening. Uh, good should... evening to your guest as well. Um, um, Mr. James. Uh, one, I'd like to say, we're very proud of being a Durbanite. We're very proud of the race of Comrades. I think you guys have done tremendous work into the race. I know it's bringing a lot in the economy of Durban and so forth. And I also believe you're also doing part of the Edendale as part of development. But what I would like to ask, what are you guys also doing in order to develop other black race directors to, be, to have in the future a black race director, even if it's an assistant race director to grow part of the Comrades? So, we can spread the, the, the knowledge in terms of organizing races um, because obviously, the more races we, we produce, the more runners we will get for comrades as well.
1: Okay, thank you, Leslie. I think it's very similar to the other question from KGM. Mr. James, if you want to answer the first one firstly, comrades, will it move to other cities? Does it belong to KZN? Absolutely, and uh, I think
2: that's the, the, the very good questions. And uh, I think just to, I, I didn't get too much of the first call. It was a line up I got uh, okay. on the second quarter, um so just regarding the um, second quarter, yes um, where you mentioned the Edendale race that mm-hmm. is one of the areas that we we do focus on just to try and do a bit of skills transfer on the basics of organizing a road race to to the community itself to to help them with the basics of understanding how to organize a race and present it, mm. but I think more importantly where it was just asking what uh, what I do or what we do. Um Just specifically from a commerce point of view, we have what's called an r o c a race organizing committee and i've got twenty four portfolios within that and uh mm. and it's a very it's a very mixed i'm going to call it a mixed bag and a multi racial mm. um, uh, race organizing committee that we have there as well and and the whole purpose of that as well is that while they're all volunteers as well as' them, is to to try and um, do that skills transfer it doesn't necessarily mean that these people are going to go into race organizing themselves because mm. many of them are have done, they hold down their own uh, full-time jobs, whatever that may be as well, and they volunteer their services. But there are some of the people on our RSC who then go back to their own communities and clubs and assist with organising their own races from that point of view. So I think that's a very really important aspect for us, is to be able to let knowledge and skills transfer um, over to the down. And it's something that I place a lot of emphasis on, and I, um, I have people walking through, coming into the office here, trying to... Um, Pick my brain, so to speak, in just in terms of getting information on how to become a race director or to to do that sort of work, and, and I'm I'm very happy and glad to sit down, them in my office, and explain the basics to them of, of how to do it. Um, mm. uh, I, you know, I believe it uh, by by being able to do that and, and um, impart that knowledge and skill that I have, that uh, hopefully someone you know it would make a difference that somebody else um, would be able to go on and do that themselves, and uh, and I certainly operate on open door policy and. Uh, if anybody would like to contact with me after the race, please. I'm uh, more than happy to share that uh, information with them too.
1: Mm. And and the other one was comrades going to other cities, or is it just does it just belong to KZN?
2: Uh, sorry, comrades. Oh the yeah, city?
1: the the other question was that will comrades go around like maybe to Cape Town or to another city, or will it stay in KZN, the marathon?
2: No, no. I mean, obviously, just the the actual race itself and comrades is is a you a you know an iconic uh, event that um, has its history, traditions, and ethos in KZN, so will there will always be, you know, there will only be one comrades, and that's between Peter Marisburg, Urban, or vice versa. But mm. I think more importantly, I'm not sure if that's just what the the caller was asking. I couldn't really ask, I uh, couldn't hear what he was saying. Yeah. But uh, we do go around the country and promote the race one, and two, you know, in terms of of helping people prepare to be able to take on the race, whether they are novices or seasoned runners as well. Mm. Uh, from that point of view, we, we call them road shows, and we also do the same for. Uh, what we have is specifically for women, where we have five dedicated road shows around the
1: country. Mm, and, but having said that, there seem to be a, a number of top races now in the country that attract a lot of uh, foreign runners.
2: Sorry, that are attracting foreign runners. Yeah, I think I think what it comes down to, amongst other things, is that um, you know South Africa is an attractive place to run, some of the the big events and top events are offering very good prize money. So. Mm. Um, I think that's where, uh, the, the foreign runners come in and, uh, you know, they don't sort of have those same opportunities in their own countries being mainly the, what I call the SADC countries or the Southern African Development Corporation countries, mm. uh, you know, Zimbabwe, Lesotho, uh, Swaziland, Botswana, those sort of areas. I mean, a little bit higher up to, um, Ethiopia. We don't really get too many Kenyans coming down there because they've, they tend to go to the rest of the world, mm. um, as well. And they don't have the same sort of, um, very well organized and structured and set up road running set up in their respective countries like we do in south africa i mean uh, south africa we've got over over 800 registered running clubs and if you take the fixture list it's somewhere in the region of 760 races around the country for the full year so um, we are spoiled for choice yes
1: i had john hamlet the other day saying when he was asked why the kenyans are not coming to comrades and apparently he'd asked them to come to comrades and then they asked how many days do you have to do it over
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. I mean, John, John in his own right is uh, a renowned comrades coach. He produced many winners, and uh, yeah, I think the difference for comrades and for the Kenyans is you know it's, it's much longer, and they've really got to dig deep. deep. Kenyans have got speed; they don't have endurance. Yeah. You,
1: you you mentioned those seminars where you go around the country. I've seen those happening. What do you achieve at these seminars? What's the whole point of these comrades seminars?
2: um are talking about the road shows now the road
1: shows yes sorry.
2: yeah that's right so um what what we what we tend to do is is to use the road shows as an opportunity to um really prepare the athletes for for the comrades marathon so so we offer um talks on nutrition we offer talks on with the official comrades coach lindsay perry on on training programs um we also have dietitians as well um then for the ladies' road shows and we, we tend to make the, the program specifically lady-relevant. So it can be anything from just the the um, medical mechanics that, that women experience um, as well uh, from that point of view. And and some, sometimes we have, like, a sports psychologist as well that helps people prepare to psychologically because it's a long way to go, um, mm-hmm. it's a long way to run. So those are the road shows And then what we also do is if we... We, we go around the country to many of the other races in the various provinces as well because it's very important for us as organisers to, to interact with our customer who's the runner out there and, and to understand what their needs, requirements and wants are as well. And there's no better way than doing that and going around the country or other weekend races around there and interacting with those, those athletes at those events when they finish them.
1: Mm, we've got another call from Cape Town Panda. Uh, good evening. What's your comment? I am told you run Ironman races.
3: Yes, yes, yes. I've got two questions for Mr. James and one compliment. And let me start with a compliment. I love Comrades. It's one of the well-organized races. But moreover, I love the fact that it's run on Sunday, which to me, as a member of Adventist Athletic Club. we only run races on Sunday. We love Comrades. It's well-organized. They must keep up the good work. I've got two questions, though. Mm-hmm. One question is, because I ran Ironman last weekend and my body is still in eggs for that. Is, uh, is there a possibility that in the future, Comrades Marathon and Ironman, there will be at least a two-week period for a recovery, for someone to recover, at least enough so as to run uh, Comrades? And my last question is, Is there a possib- will Comrades ever be kept in the future?
1: Will Comrades ever be? Equipment?
3: Ever be capped whereby they oh. say maximum 20,000 runners, not more. Oh. That's called capping. Will they ever cap comrades in the okay. future? Okay. And if that's poss- that's a poly- possibility, what will be that number?
1: Okay, I was going to ask him if they're planning to get to 30,000 runners. Are <laughs> you talking about capping? But let's say it from Mr. James the break between comrades and Iron Man. So, uh, thanks,
2: Kaya, for those uh, questions. I think, um, the first one, as I'm sure was, uh, between Ironman and Comrades. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, I take it he's talking about the Ironman that takes place in the beginning of, uh, April in Port Elizabeth, yes. the full, full distance Ironman, um, of a 3.8 swim, 180 cycle, 42 kilometer marathon run. Yes, there is definitely sufficient time to recover from the one to be able to do the other. And the reason I say that is that, um, while Ironman requires, um, a lot. I'm almost going to say a lot more discipline in terms of training because you're doing three different disciplines: mm. in swimming, cycling, and running. Um, you know, while it uh, is, is, is an extreme endurance event, is that there are three different disciplines as well. So your body doesn't take the same sort of beating uh, as something like Comrades does, where you're just going, you're continuously pounding the road for 90 kilometres. Um, so your your recovery from from Ironman is there is sufficient time from the beginning of April, middle of April, right through to, to June. So it's just under two months. Uh, bearing in mind that um, uh, swimming obviously is a a passive form of exercise and indeed as is cycling as well because you're really sitting um, so that you don't have the same sort of, I'm almost going to say damage or trauma on the muscles. Mm. But definitely, yes, that can be done. And and one thing that certainly struck me and impressed me as being in the sporting game as well is actually how well Ironman athletes train and prepare for the event. They've got a very, very high success rate terms of finishes as well and uh, which is also indicative of the fact that they've been able to spread their, their training load over three different disciplines which is not as harsh on the body so um, certainly that uh, that takes care of that one can be done. The mm-hmm. second part of the or the second question was um, just regarding the capping of yes. uh, the capping of the numbers, uh, we currently cap the numbers uh, of the race at uh, around around about twenty thousand. The main reason that we do that is that um, in, from an from an operational logistical point of view, is that that's what the road can comfortably. Hold or manage on on the days twenty nineteen to twenty thousand runners. So for us, it's not about a numbers game of just trying to chase. We could easily have taken twenty six, twenty seven thousand entries this year with the unprecedented demand. Mm. But uh, it's not about chasing uh, numbers to try and make money for us. The bulk of our our revenue comes from sponsorships and and, and such like. So um, that's the reason that we kept the numbers at twenty thousand as well, because uh, otherwise it becomes too congested on the road, and one thing that we as event organizers won't do. Uh, is compromised on the safety and, and, and integrity of the event. Mm.
1: Panda says he was he was doing the half Iron Man last week, so he wants to know. He says the two week break is too short.
2: Uh, okay, okay. So yeah, so the 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 um, half Iron Man seventy point three took place this past weekend in. Uh, yeah. Uh, in, yeah, in Durban as well, and uh, certainly from that point of view, I mean, only, when I say only, they're swimming one8 uh, 1. k's now, 1.9 k's, they're cycling 90, and running a 21 k half marathon. So, absolutely, there's more than enough time to recover recover from that uh, uh, in terms of uh, not too much stress or strain on the body at all.
1: Mm, the other question we have is, how does public liability insurance work in a massive race like Comrades?
2: Sorry, the, the other part of the question there was.
1: How does public liability insurance work in a massive race? Yes.
2: Okay. So um, one of, one of the requirements of uh, of the events act as well, and when when you're working with many partners like we are with Umzinduzi Municipality, uh, RTR, which is Road Traffic Inspectorate Department of Transport, and then Etchecony Municipality, um what, the, one of the requirements of, of staging or hosting events is that we need to take out public liability insurance. So. um what what effectively in a nutshell we we set a we set a value and I think this is maybe potentially where where the grey area can come in is that how much is enough and it's and it's very difficult to determine. So uh, uh what we do is just a prominent event organise in our case is we take our public liability insurance to the, the value of thirty million Rand. Um, and in order to present an uh, event of this magnitude of stature, yes, you have to have public liability insurance in place. So all you do is you go out to various um, insurance houses, and then uh, you you ask them for quotes on for public liability insurance. There's a, there's a whole lot of raft of documents that you need to fill in from how you know your event have been graded by the South African police services as as low, medium, or high risk events and such like, and based on that, they then uh, determine the premium that you will pay
1: okay great stuff Mr Rowan James it's been a a wonderful chat thank you very much for the insight uh, that uh, that you've shared with us I think it's been really beneficial and it's been really appreciated on social media Yeah, I can see by the response and people are saying you're doing a wonderful job Uh, they know what you do even though you like to stay uh, behind the scenes there but it seems like you're doing some great work there and we wish you all the best for Sunday and all the best going forward and we appreciate you uh, giving us time to talk to us
2: it's my pleasure and thanks very much for having me on the show and uh, any of anybody listening there who will be running on Sunday, may you have an absolutely fantastic race on, on the day, uh, we've pulled out all the stops behind the scenes to ensure that you do
1: Great stuff. That's the race director of South Africa's greatest road race, the Comrades Marathon. His green number, 1024. He's also on social media. If you have any further questions, um, his Twitter handle is James Rowan, uh, J-A-M-E-S-R-O-W-Y-S. And there's so much uh, to talk about regarding comrades. And we're not done yet. As we said yesterday, we're going to dedicate the whole week to comrades. We're going to have more comrades talk tomorrow. We'll have more comrades talk on uh, on Thursday. And on Friday, it even gets bigger and better. Can I say, Loyola, who's coming up on Friday? Is that a no? Yes. Okay. On Friday no let's not say it we'll save it until we'll save it until tomorrow we don't want to be scooped on our own story but anyway we didn't come risk the whole week thank you very much everybody uh, for listening my name is tabi somosia thank you to Loyolom kalipi and sylvester komane in technical up next uh, mr ashraf gada on uh, the viewpoint and uh, the guest today the big hitter donovan e williams director for africa affairs at the national school of government that's mr ashraf gada's guest coming up next there'll be more sport in the morning as usual bread brown brighton and ellie with steven hortis between six and nine any comments suggestions ideas for the show always feel free to email coolcheeksport at safm.co.za. helen is there the executive producer to take um, all your emails but thank you very much for contributing to the show my name is tabiso musia